TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 573, and I'm Livia, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun. I'm a costume designer and TV enthusiast calling in from Los Angeles. And this is Tom, chair of the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University, calling in from the big island of Hawaii. (laughs) Somebody got spring break. Yes. All right. Better believe it. Not I, said the wolf. All right, hit us, Tom, with the news. Okay. Um, Amazon, lots of news. Blade Runner 2099 is going to be directed by Jeremy Padeswa, who directed that little small production thriller called Game of Thrones on HBO. (laughs) Oscar Oscar Isaac is in discussions to play Kurt Vonnegut in an eight-episode crime thriller called Helltown, basically uh, based on a novel which speculates that before he became an awesome novelist, he was investigating some crazy crimes that were going on. And the big news is they've attached uh, Ed Berger, who was the dude behind All Quiet on the Western Front, which just won a bunch of Oscars last week, to helm the series and executive produce. Nice. Um, Um, A League of Their Own is done after a very short, as in four episodes, season two. Alfred Molina's three. Oh wait, times. wait, wait, wait! So they are doing a season two, but it's only going to be four episodes, correct? That's correct. Lame. All right, continue. Alfred Mar- Alfred Molina's Three Pines has been canceled after one season. Apple TV Plus has announced that Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are going to reunite for an untitled comedy, playing themselves about their families residing together on McConaughey's ranch in Texas. <laughs> Okay, that just sounds like fun. And it's the first time they've worked. It'll be the first time they've worked together since True Detective. Disney Plus canceled Willow after one season. And they've also. No one's surprised. Yeah, to no one's surprised. Phineas and Ferb revival will bring back Jeff Swampy Marsh as uh, a creative force, which is cool. That's that's a fun little show. It's kind of weird and formulaic, but it's a lot of fun. What show? Um, Last of Us. Phineas and Ferg is what he's talking about. Go ahead. Uh, Last of Us, the finale, huge ratings. And also, we'll talk about it, but Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie in the video game, plays Anna in, played Anna in the finale. They used 12-day-old twins for that birth scene. I wonder, Um, because I thought they looked really realistic. I mean, I didn't think that they were, you know, not human but i thought wow those babies legit look young well usually they cast older babies but yeah. they don't look like newborns and these were yeah, newborns. they also have announced that for season two there will be more infected because there were complaints from video game fans it's like come on it's not about the infected it's about our characters no and and i think it's fine i mean the amount of infected i liked the fact that there weren't that many it was about the yeah. story and i didn't care yep. that we Me didn't either. have that many infected but anyway Netflix Netflix pulled the plug on Nancy Meyer's $130 million rom-com, which is like big. I mean, she's a big deal for rom-coms, but 
That's how averse, risk averse all these major streamers are becoming now. Somebody with a proven track record, they're like, yeah, we don't care. We're, we're, we're not doing the risk thing right now. And this is more good news. Guillermo del Toro, fresh off of his Oscar win for uh, Pinocchio, is eyeing Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaac, and Mia Goth for an adaptation of Frankenstein. Hmm, oh, interesting. I yeah. yeah, I could too. Yeah. The Baths Reeves limited series at Paramount Plus has cast Garrett Hedlund from Tron Legacy in a recurring role. Peacock has picked up Bel Air for season three. They picked up Days of Our Lives for two more years, which brings it to seasons 59 and 60. And the Monk reunion movie has been greenlit with the original cast returning. Yay. Finally, I wasn't a fan of Monk, but anyway. You like Monk? Monk was fun. I mean, I just I, 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 I honestly just never watched it. I, there was nothing about it that was intriguing to me, so I just never watched it. Is that it Tony was kind Shalhoub? of an old, that old is, yeah. procedural with Tony Shalhoub. I mean, it wasn't Columbo per se, but it kind of kept that uh, that need energy. for yeah, an old-fashioned uh, 70s-type uh, crime mystery alive. Yeah. Until, until, right. Uh, I understood movie. what it was. I just, there was nothing about it that intrigued me. So I just never watched it. It was charming, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Finally, Jonah Howard King and Anna Prozniak will star in a co-production of the limited series The Tattooist of Auschwitz, which uh, Peacock is teaming up with Sky. And, oh, okay. one more. Showtime is developing a Gattaca TV series, which could be good. Ooh, I love the oh, movie. The, mo the movie was interesting. Yeah, I was like, ooh, sci-fi. I, like I like it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk the season finale of Wolfpack. And Wolfpack was, unfortunately for me, only eight episodes because it's like the show really doesn't take off until episode four or five. And then it starts to get better and better and better. And I know they say leave you wanting more, but I thought this was a little extreme because – it ends on this kind of, it's not a cliffhanger. Well, it, it is. is a it's definitely it a is a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. And it definitely left me wanting more. And what they definitively tell you, I mean, we already figured out that Sarah Michelle Keller's character is a werewolf. Like, you figure that out maybe an episode or two ago. Yeah. Um, and so this episode, they're like, yeah, we were. you were totally right. And here she goes. And they, she had, I'm going to start off with the good stuff, which is she had an awesome fight scene uh where she just got to jack somebody up as a werewolf and i thoroughly was there for it and i like the bit where the guy shows up with the the silver covered axe and he's like i'm gonna chop your head off and she's like you can try and i just it, it gave me very buffy vibes i yes. liked how un unthreatened she felt by this guy and uh like he did not understand how powerful she was and she demonstrated to him and I was very happy. So, and and uh, the other big thing that I liked was at the very like towards like once they've kind of resolved the bad guy or whatever, and we find out that the other werewolf is like her son, and he's got all these abilities. She has healing, and she does all of this, and she's talking to Garrett, who's the father of uh, Luna and Harlan, and she's like, "We can protect our children." And I was like, "Our children? What? What's happening here?" And she basically gives him this whole speech about apex predators and how they're really good and how you need them. And, and he's like, he has this moment. He goes, wait, so you want to turn me into a wolf? And 
she just she's basically been eyeing him for like the last three episodes and i was like she as like i really no but he says do you want she says i want you to be their father and then he says but not as a human and she's like right you know what i mean (laughs) she's decided he's gonna be her new mate like she just she's been eyeing him for the last couple episodes and at first, it's like, oh, it's cool sexual tension. And you're like, oh, no. Well, it is, but, like, in a slightly different way than you thought. She is and totally looking for a baby daddy. And she's like, I'm yes. going to make you a baby daddy, whether you exactly. want to or not. Right. And so that's the how it leaves you on the cliffhanger. I mean, technically, he still has his gun with silver bullets in his hands. But we just saw her decimate another dude with a gun with silver bullets. So, And he saw it, too. So it's like, yeah. You technically have a gun, but she's standing way too close to you at this point. So, and and I don't think he's completely averse to the idea yeah, either. I know. I know. That's so why it's I think the show is good. Because it, yeah, it emphasizes so, that conflict. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll jump in because it's the, my same point, which is, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller, Geller's character is not essentially good, but she has, if not redeeming qualities it's a, at least really explained that it's like a motherly thing. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's the mom She's trying steroids. to protect her. Yeah, she's trying to protect her kids, period. Yeah, That's all so, she cares about. Yeah, so the, her motivation is is um, understandable. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I don't think she's as morally gray as she could be. I'm not saying she needs to be. I'm not saying, oh, the show should have made her more morally gray. But, uh, you know, you she's not a mustache twirler, for sure. Um, and I don't even necessarily think that she's, I mean, like the, the leftover surviving hotshot guy who she fought, um, because, you know, she had killed his, his, um, mates, his, you know, his other people. Um, he, uh, he wanted revenge. And to be honest, that's also understandable. Do you know what I right. mean? Right. So, He's not, a and he thinks of, killer. and he thinks of her as a monster, which I you yeah. would understand because he she right. just she killed like ten of his guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so sort of unmotivated. I mean, sort of. Well, no, know? it wasn't. It wasn't unmotivated. She was protecting her children. No, no, but in that very like bear protecting its mama thing, like they wasn't like they were running through the woods trying to kill them to like kill the pups. Like knew that there were werewolf pups in there, and they were running around trying to kill them. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, she was being territorial, and you know animal mom you know what i mean a mama lion but that's still not you know what i mean so uh i like the fact that the show has no real mustache twirler and that's relieving that's like great unless it's unless you count that guy on the but we still don't know the motivation of the guy no he was actually trying to save people so he's probably morally gray also do you know what i mean like even if he has even if he has ulterior motives which i'm sure he does um as far as these ep- episodes, eight episodes, he's not a mustache twirler. If he turns out, correct, to yes, defeat, I agree. You know what I mean? So, so for me, that's a big bonus. I agree with you that the show took forever to get off, um, you know, the ground. And if it hadn't been for you, I would have failed. And actually, I think I did. Um, and you were like, "Get back on the train." So I was like, "All right." And then once the train started picking up steam, I thought, "Well, this is a fun show." And the other thing I will say is, I l- listen. How many shows are there about werewolves, you know, and vampires and whatever? I, mean, I think maybe there's not that many about mummies, but we got one of those recently. 
Um, so I actually like the lore, and they've just created it. Like they're just making it. Yeah, up. this is very. Yeah, this is very different than any yeah. other yeah. werewolf lore. Yeah. yeah. So like the the fact that they're a pack, and within the pack, they each kind of have their own power. Do you know what I mean? And then they yeah they kind of they definitely hint at it. I mean, not even hint. They but she like spells it out at the end. You know what I mean? And she's like, everybody in the pack has a different power. So they're just making it up, and I'm fine with that. It's sort of like the Vampire Academy where they were just kind of making up stuff and i was like great i mean bring something fresh to the table so i they get big points for that as well because you know they it's nothing it's really not something that i've seen it fits into the vampire uh, sorry into the werewolf lore about packs so it's not like out of left field like wait what they you know they can fly it's like you know no it it fully makes sense within the world of, of that we're even already. And, and I, what I like is when the pack is together, they can share each other's power. So say, yeah, that's awesome. one is, yeah, like one is strong, but if all four of them together and they need strength, then all four of them have strength. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, oh, that's not, cool. Yeah. That's not unheard of in, in the sense that as a pack, you know, they can like hear each other and, you know, we, we've definitely seen that, you know, but to be able to share powers, powers besides hearing each other, you know, one of the powers does happen to be hearing, but, but whatever. So this show has, has enough to sell, you know, sell it. I won't really spend a lot of time on the negatives because I don't know, it's not a perfect show far from it. Um, but I, I'll back you up with the, it's really fun to see Sarah Michelle Gellar finally, finally kind of getting to do the stuff that we like her to like to see her do. I like the fact that her character is complex. I like the fact that she isn't just playing a hero that's fighting all the time. Like we saw that in Buffy and there are plenty of episodes. I mean, plenty of seasons. So, but I will say that there are holes in the plot, but like not even enough that like I can really remember enough to like complain about. Uh, so I'll just stick to the the final episode. I won't end on a negative note, but you know, there were some like in, in, in not inconsistencies, but things that didn't really make that much sense, you know, in terms of when they were confronting the guy. And, well, you mean she got a phone call in the middle of a fight and yeah. she took the call? I was like, yeah. I, <laughs> I will agree was with you. And, that and was, it wasn't that even was crazy. Bluetooth. It wasn't even like yeah. earphones. She like if she had earphones, you know, and she like, you know what I mean? If it was like Bluetooth earphones, I'd be like, all right, fine. You're still going to be distracted. But like, she like held up the phone to her ear. Her like gun well, she went put down. Her she put her gun down to yeah, take that's what the I said. call. She put her gun down. I and mean, I was like, what are you doing? You're having a shootout. Like what's yeah, happening no, right here? That was horrifically yeah. unrealistic. And that was me out of it. Yeah. So, but that being said, um, it, that doesn't reflect on the, sh the show entirely. Although again, throughout the season, there were things like that, that kind of annoyed me. But if we're talking about uh, pacing and plot and world building and uh, tension, you know what I mean? Like by the end, um, when she absolutely revealed that she liked him, because they were they kept saying, "Do you trust me? Do you trust me?" You know, and that oh, there was and very intense. Yeah, trust yeah, me. and there yeah. was that's a hackneyed line, but I thought they used it well. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, who do I trust? Like, what's you know what I mean? Like, do, can you trust her? So you know, when it evokes that kind of emotion investment, then I feel like overall it's, it's a fun enough show to watch. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk Star Trek Picard. And I think this is episode four. Episode five. Five. All right. So Tom, why don't you lead us off with this episode, which was by the way, one of their better ones. It was pretty fantastic. So yeah, go ahead. What did you episode, think? And we get to, um, you know, we, we get back to the, 
I hate to say sub story with Worf and uh, Raffi and that pairing we like so much. But the big news is Michelle Forbes returned as uh, Roe Laren for the Ensign, first time. I was about to say Ensign Roe, but no, yeah. she's not an Ensign. She's Commander Roe Laren. Commander Roe. For the yeah. first time since season seven of TNG. And for those hardcore Trekkers who remember, she did not leave on good terms. In fact, Takara was downright no. PO'd because she, she goes on a mission to infiltrate the McKee and ends up joining them. <laughs> and right. so... Uh, so they had a lot of stuff to work through, and basically, that's that scene was so good, so good, so, well, so she's, good. She's a, she's a great actor. She just didn't want to do, you know. Deep Space Nine was created with her in mind as the female lead, and then she's like, wow. "Yeah, nah, dog." So she turned it down, which allowed the nah visitor to create Kira Norris, great, fantastic, freaking character, but. Um, the the whole plot engine of they think they're in big trouble after all the crap they pulled <laughs> and they <laughs> and uh, Shaw Liam Shaw is just delighted it's like you know he's like humming <laughs> that was funny I know that was, really that fun. was pretty funny that was funny <laughs> and Picard's like do you mind it's like oh I'm not happy because of y'all being in trouble I'm just happy <laughs> but it turns out <laughs> no, when, and he when he said he was like I'm leaving the room you guys get your story straight he's like bye yeah. I know. Get, your, get your BS story great. straight. And then the other starship sends over Roe, and they're like, oh. But it turns out. When also, but what I liked was Picard was immediately angry. Like, as oh, soon yeah. as he saw her, he kind of like lost it. And, and Riker was like, let me do the talking because you're obviously not together right now, man. So, yeah, that was all really good. I, I really like the way that they're using, the, the writers are using them kind of like an aging Butch and Sundance where, you know, it's obviously yeah. Picard's show, but Riker is probably the person who knows him the best and knows his, sure. I mean, they really, plus Patrick and, and uh, Jonathan have such great chemistry after all these years. So I buy it. Anywho, uh, long story shorter, after they go through all the Sturm und Drang and get rid of, you know, 30 plus years of angst and hurt and on both parties, I might add. Oh, yeah. Oh, it my turns God. Out, yeah. It turns out he's she came to him because he's the only one she can trust and vice versa, because the infiltration of the Federation goes all the way to the top levels. And sure enough, there are people, there are agents on board trying to get Jack, who is having weird dream, dream things sometimes during the day. And he ends up taking out four changelings. And, you know, Mama Bev's like, how'd you know they were changelings? He's like, I didn't. Something's very wrong with me. But uh, Ro ends up, you know, she goes back to the ship. And uh, one of the key things is, Picard notices she's not wearing her Bajoran earring, which he had made an exception to uniform policies to let her wear to, you know, as a symbol of her fidelity to the Bajoran religion. And so she shows up without it. And so that's another thing that sets him off. And then before she leaves, she gives it to him secretly, covertly. And uh, she leaves. And then it turns out there are changelings on her board, her ship who, who plant a bomb. And she doesn't have- Well, the thing is- that scene when they show her shuttle, whenever they show a shuttlecraft, that's usually not good. 
So yeah. like when they the, show it's like her, a red shirt. It's totally like a red shirt. You're just like, I know. Oh. So it's like it's like as soon as they showed her ship, I started going, please don't kill Ro. Please don't kill Ro. Like I started chanting that. Like because yeah. I was like, oh my god, they're gonna kill Ro. Please don't kill Ro. And they killed Ro. But wait, they a, were not but wait to me. what a way to go. It was yeah, yeah, it was, that was a good go. death. That was a good death. Yeah. Well, the thing is, what was when I read the episode description and and it says Picard is reunited with the former with a you know former crewman who you know that there's stuff going on. I'm like, it better be somebody we know, and it was, and they made it. Count. It was good. It was. They good. made it yeah, hurt. You know, it really. I I love I love how they're wrapping things up and tying things up with a bow. You know what I mean? I mean, the, like I mentioned this last week, it's great that they're not using Picard to fuel the story. They're using his son. Um, but so that actually frees up the other, not necessarily the story, but the other story, which is. You know, it's a great big long. You know, it's like the it's like the big the goodbye retirement party. It's like the yeah. retirement party. You know what I mean? And they're doing a great job. Like they you know, it's not. It's complicated. It's emotional. Um, you know, it, I don't feel like it's manipulative at all. It feels very organic, um, and it's very pleasing as a fan who's invested over I don't know what twenty twenty five years. Um, I feel like they're doing a real, they're doing honor and service to the characters, to the story, but still giving us something new to kind of, you know, fuel the, this year's episode. So it isn't just a swan song. It isn't just a retirement party. Um, so I think they're doing, they're balancing that situation really well. And uh, just to, just to add on what already Tom said, I agree with everything Tom said. Um, the Ensign Rowe, what a great way to bring someone back. And they made it about her, right? And that's not a complaint. Um, so they kind of gave her her episode. And I think it was Tom or maybe you, Libya, was saying that, you know, they better bring back someone that we know. Um, and so that gave a lot of, like, texture and brought back a character that didn't really, we didn't get closure with her, you know, at all. So, like, now they're even closing off her character. I mean, they're kind of firing on all pistons you know what i mean like I think oh one, one thing before we wrap this one up i want to talk about uh wharf and uh rocky's story real quick yeah, yeah because <laughs> they 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 fight they go up against a, a vulcan who grew up in the streets who is logical yet ruthless and i thought that was interesting that's a cool um, like yeah. from Fringe. yeah i know i know who he is but i thought that was a nice angle but yeah. what i also liked and what I, I, I was like about to call shenanigans on because when they have the fight, at first I thought there's no way Worf is going to fight. And then he's like, I've sacrificed all these things ahead of time. I'm going to fight. And I was like, what? And then they have the fight and then Rafi wins. And I went, wait, I was like, they're just like Rose death felt good and appropriate. I was like, there's no way in the world Worf just got killed. With I a didn't tiny buy it for a second. But, Did you? Buy I was it? like, I no, I but, didn't. Uh, but I love I the explanation that she stabbed him, and he 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 knows how to meditate to basically appear to be dead. And then as soon as he comes to, it's like I require immediate medical attention. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm I, bleeding quite a lot. Yes, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that was a great way to balance the seriousness of it. It's funny that Warp has turned into the comic relief of the show. Do you know what I mean? Like. He's always been good with one-liners, but they're like using his one-liners really well. You know what I mean? Um, and so I, you know, I will say this: I don't love Rafi in this or in general. I find that she's a little too dogmatic and enthusiastic, and a little like I get it, but I she's kind of getting a little shrewish. Do you know what I mean? So I think pairing her with um, 
Worf, you know what I mean, is is the comic relief is good. And then also they tied them now to Roe. So like that, you know what I mean? Because I, I don't think we knew who their handler was, you know what I mean? And, right. Um, didn't. And how and why. Sorry? Yeah, we didn't. He's agreeing with yeah. you. Yeah, so so yeah, so I think that's a good job. Like I really I think there's like every little thing that they're doing, you know, works and makes sense and they're tying things up. So I, I think it was but a we, very strong episode. Right. We gotta wrap this one up. Uh but I think we're all saying thumbs up is really oh, good. Yeah. All right. Next next up we're gonna talk shrinking. And this episode was uh basically they guilted the neighbor into into helping What's his name? Sorry, it's Russ Catering Servers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I still really love Liz and Gabby's relationship. Their friendship is fantastic. (laughs) And then I liked how she was like, she finds out about those rocks and she's like, can I get a rock? And she's like, no, you've betrayed me. (laughs) And and I love it that one of the characters was like, yeah, I'm not loving this. I'm not loving this friendship. You know what I mean? And and I was like, we are. The rest of us are loving it. I don't care if you don't love it, but I love it. No, yeah. I, I, I just want to say this. The show is so good, right? It's so good that, um, you know, I know Ted Lasso will get to that show, right? Ooh, are we going to get to that show? I feel yes, like we are. Mentioned. Oh, sorry. Yes. So, um, yeah, so uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was not impressed with the first episode. I know these are the same people, so I'm joking. We're not talking. Yeah, no, this is what I'm saying. I know it's done by the same people. So I, you know, I, I already had this investment in being like, oh, this is going to be good. It is beyond expectations. Like I really love this show and I hope everybody gets an award and I'm making announcement on record that Harrison Ford will be winning. And I don't even think it's going to be like a career achievement award. Do you know what I mean? Like he is going to win an Emmy for this. And if he doesn't, I will pick it. I will pick it whatever place I'm supposed to pick it. I love that Gordon finds out that uh, that he's that he's sleeping with his doctor. Oh, <laughs> all right. Gabby is a revelation. She is a revelation. She is her acting, comedic timing, her facial expressions, and I love that. They even commented on that. The doctor was like, "Oh, I love her surprise face," and I was like, "It's so good." <laughs> And I, I cannot stop talking about her because she's complex. She, you know, she's, you know, she's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, successful, but she's kind of a mess. And I mean, they're all that way. Like, so yeah. great. Every character is beautifully fleshed out. I, I am, I am going to have to ask Gabby and uh, the main dude uh, to stop having sex. Jimmy. I don't care if it's safe or not. Jimmy, yeah. I don't care if it's safe or you, not. You, I'm not you, into you, it. You, you, keep going to that, you, you keep going to that safe place. You're gonna end up starting to have feelings for that safe place. Yeah, exactly, like exactly. And I, I'm like, you guys need to stop. You guys need to stop. I, I hope and, they and don't I get go why she. I do too, uh, but I get why she did it in this instance because the ex was like, "Yeah, it was totally you. Let's get back together." And I was like, "Please don't get back together with that yeah, dude." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so that was her. That was her uh, escape hatch, which I get. <laughs> but yeah. if she keeps using him as an escape hatch then it's not safe. Just like Harrison Ford and his doctor, they were like, oh, we're just super casual, but who did he go pick up at the last minute to be his emotional support? Yeah. So that's not really Which, safe anymore. It is so by the way, refreshing I, I, to see so. an older actor with a prep, an age-appropriate yes, leading woman. Yes, yes. 
And I, I, have ador- I have adored Wendy Malick since Dream On, which was HBO's first, you know, signature naughty comedy. But it's good to see her still getting great roles because she she can give great side eye and deliver a yes. burn with the best of them. Here, listen, here's <laughs> this. I'm not even a fan of hers that much. Like, I don't hate her or anything, but I, I love her in this. This show is just, it touches, whatever it touches, it's gold. Like, I don't like whiny, uh, you know, I mean, sympathies, of course, you know, uh, you know, but I don't like, you know, uh, teenagers that are all whatever, whatever. I mean, gra- like, granted, the show has easily set it up that she has every reason to, but that doesn't mean that I can, you know, bide her, you know, I can like her acting or I can like how it's written, right? I can understand the motivation behind it, but like everything it touches is gold. It's like, you know, there's the post-traumatic stress uh, vet, uh, you know, uh, Vietnam vet who, you know, totally understandable, like I said, what he's going through. I'm sorry? Afghanistan. He's too young for Vietnam. Yeah, oh, sorry, Afghanistan. Sorry, Afghanistan, yeah, obviously. Uh, way too young. You said um, Vietnam vet? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, just meant, I just meant a vet. I just meant a veteran. So, um, but yeah, I just threw, <laughs> totally wrong. Um, so there could be, that could be so tropey, you know what I mean? And it's not, and like that scene, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna just use this time to just say a few things. The one-liners in all, like, it's so, they're just so pithy and they're, but they're still funny and none of them are saccharine. I mean, every single line, I'm always like, Oh my God. And that when they're sitting at the table or the coffee kitchen place at work, you know, and, um, uh, Oh my God, Harrison Ford, just deadpanning. His comedic timing is outrageous. And when he was saying like, Oh yeah, this is a great moment when the, your, when the client gives his therapist a rent check, you know what I mean? And then, (laughs) and then the guy, and then, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, and then the guy, though, was like, is there any way that you could be mad at him but not me? You know what I mean? Then, <laughs> you know, I just – every little thing. And then, wait, there's uh, – this is how good the show is to me in terms of writing. And I knew – obviously, I knew I was coming on the show. I took out a pen and paper, and I was like, I'm going to have to write some of this stuff down, right? So the the, the – um, the, the, we already talked about it, right? Oh, well, no, about The Rock and when the daughter was like – she was like, or he, or she, I mean, she, I don't know if it was the the friend or her, but she was like, I'm invoking the rock. You know what I mean? Right. And I was like, oh, that's so perfect. And then when, um, the last thing I will say though is, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the funny, funny lines. Um, a trope that was turned on its head. It was a plot twist. It's not like these plot twists haven't been done before, but so emotionally satisfying when they, when he walked in with the doctor and they held hands, you know, and then you thought, I mean, I knew pretty quickly that it wasn't because I could tell from the background. I was like, that is not a ballroom, you know, where someone is going to be accepting an award. But when he sits, when he comes down and he, and he's sitting in the audience and you're still thinking, oh, okay, he asked her because she's dressed, you know, to the nines. Um, not to the nines, but she's dressed up. And it turns out that he's sitting, you know, with his daughter and her family to watch his grandson's, you know, school performance. I lost it. I was like, oh, I was like, nice job. I don't even care if that's a trope. Um, so it is a just a beautiful, funny, well acted. There is no weak. There is no squeaky wheel on this on this bus. It's just to me, it's just perfect. Honestly. All right. Well, we need to move on. Um, so I think we're all saying thumbs up for shrinking. Oh, best show. Uh, all right, next up we're going to talk about the season premiere of Ted Lasso. And this episode was basically more setup than anything else to basically, like, get everybody back to understanding where we are. Not really to reset the universe, 
so much as to be like, last time, this is what happens. It's been two, three months. Everybody had their summer vacation. Now we're all back, and this is where we're setting up. And apparently it looks like they're setting up the fact that people are dealing with being alone. That's apparently the theme of this season. And we have Ted wondering, like, why the heck are we in England when I could be at home with my son? Because he sends his son on a plane, and he realizes he's not going to see his son for a while. So he's like, why am I sacrificing time with my son to be doing this? And you see uh, Nate, who is obviously setting, you know, he's been the villain, but you also see how isolated and alone he is. And but he's being manipulated by uh, Rupert, who uh, is giving him a car and all this other stuff. So, but I feel like, yeah. So the theme is, I think, where you go from once you realize you're alone. Oh, what's the you, next? You step? forgot that Roy and Keely have broken up. Oh, they broke up, so they're alone. So yes, that's right. the aloneness of the thing. Uh, I like the little girl asking very. <laughs> obvious questions she's like so you broke up and why is that <laughs> i like the girl was basically asking the questions that all of us <laughs> and they try to yeah, tell her because totally. we're both very busy and she's like well you were really busy before too <laughs> yeah that girl is adorable oh yeah, yeah she's go not annoying at all i did not love the season premiere i thought it was overly long and overly obvious i thought it was i thought a shorter more succinct it, it just felt kind of flabby in terms of what they were doing because the theme was obvious but yeah there were some isolated moments that i liked and i do appreciate that they've added all the you know most of the key players as well as uh anthony stewart head to the opening credits now but yeah oh i, just, I didn't even notice that yeah d- didn't love it yeah, well you know i have i have inside information uh that this season is very strong so oh wow i i i i I, that that was i I hung out with uh the post team for ted lasso Ah, a a week ago and they said that i would be and they basically told me i will be very happy with this season so i was like okay maybe they're too close to the project though no i'm totally kidding um no editors will tell you for real they they will they will be honest and if there's anyone who knows i i would trust them most you know what i mean for real you know i mean they spend hours and hours and hours and hours as you know (laughs) looking at footage footage over and over and over again and then you guys you know basically create pacing and timing and all sorts of things so um I will say this because I don't want to belabor the point. Whatever Tom said, ditto. Whatever you said, ditto. It was set up. Um, and I, I I was a little worried. You know, we talk about sophomore slump, but this is season series ending, you know, slump. And sometimes yep. the Caesar, you know, the season series ending season can either go one way or the other. You know what I mean? And uh, and it's really disappointing, not the episode I'm saying, uh, if, when that happens, right? And and I don't, you know, we don't need to go into examples looking at you, G-O-T. But for me, <laughs> I think, I think, oh, yeah. I think that, I know, right? I'm never letting that go. I will never let that go. But You're um, no, one. so, yeah. So without belaboring the point, I was worried. And I think everything that Tom said, um, but now that you're telling me that it's not going to be, then I, I will definitely. Be, oh, they, the last thing I will say is because I really don't need to talk about anything. Uh, is that it did seem like very self conscious, like 
you know, everybody loves our show. We've won all the awards. You know, you know, we, we, we like, I don't know, like it was just so whatever Tom said, you know, so, but now that you're telling me that it gets much stronger, I'm, I'm secure in that. I believe you and I believe in the show. So I'm just going to sit back. It's fine. It's their last season and thank God it's going to be apparently very good. So. Uh, I, as, as, like I said, I'm, I'm taking this dude at his word and I talked to a couple of them. So, right. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Hopefully uh, this is just set up and then it will blossom into something. Uh, next, as evidenced by the next show we're going to talk about, which is The Mandalorian, who also had a very not so great first episode. And oh then it my god! Much better. Okay. So this mm-hmm. episode three is great. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead, Tom. You thought it was great? I did. I like this one. I did not. I did not. No, Tom. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Hold not. up. Hold up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me let me back up because I was remembering. I was remembering the Mandalorian portion of the story which is the beginning and the end, which I really did like. Mm. The middle, I was starting to like because I was like, oh, this is kind of like Andor. We're doing this other story. And I thought it was building to where the movies come, where you have to clone, not the Emperor. It is the Emperor, right? So I thought it was building towards cloning the Emperor. And I was like, oh, they're going to have like a side story where they're going to deal with that. And for all of that, I didn't. I didn't mind that we got to know the scientists and the program. Like I was okay with it. I was okay with it all the way up until the end when they just basically mind flay the guy at the end, and that's the end of the story. And I was like, "What?" So I I liked the Mando portions, which was the beginning and the end of the episode. I thought those part were really good, and I was really liking this episode until it just gave us a weird flat ending of that story and then i was like wait did you just waste my time like that was unsatisfactory all right tom go ahead okay if you recall when we talked about the season premiere and i said you know i had i suspect that i fear for the show because now that we've seen how good a star wars show can be and we've also seen how bad a star wars show can be book of boba fett and or being how good Mando had the gauntlet has been thrown down and this just reinforces this is and I really like a lot of what John Favreau has done in the past but here's where his lack of television experience shows itself this is not how you do subplots in a television show you don't put all your a plot at the beginning and the end and then put this b plot which almost seems to have no relation to the a plot as its own whatsoever in, in the middle, it it did not work for me at all, and I'm like, oh, it, like I said, it, if it had a point, if it was going to a point and it was leading to another story point, I would yeah. have been okay with but it. it. But it wasn't. But, but because it seemed to no, but it, it actually, I I enjoyed it. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying the the scientist guy and all of what he was going on. And I really, I like the woman I, who ends up betraying him. I liked all of it I until it, it ended flat. So that was boring. I, oh, I, with, with her I, face, I, no, I wondered. <laughs> yeah. I, I did think she was, what I thought was that she was recruiting him to actually be back in the empire. Yes, that's what we that's were supposed what, to think. That's what right. we were supposed to think. I know, but what I did not suspect was that she was pulling a double whammy to get him caught by the rebels, or not the rebels, the, the, what is it called? Good Lord. The New the, Republic. Uh, the new the Republic. New Republic. 
So I didn't expect her to have been setting him up as revenge. That is, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that was the thing that to me was so, you know, um, I didn't think that was because I, oh, I did not. Yeah. I thought, I it's thought she was just, it's no, I, that might, that might be a trope. But what I thought was she was just recruiting him to be part of back part of the empire to you. She was, I thought she was going to use him. No, I, the, the, trope, the trope is that when somebody comes on so sympathetic and wants to bring you on and this and that, right. but, but like they but turn she out never to you. Said, no, but she, she never, I still thought that she was evil. That wasn't the thing, but I thought her motivation was the opposite of what it was. Right. No, I That's agree. I agree. But I'm, I am, I am saying that to me, the, the twist is more of the trope and more disappointing. Like, but here's what I will say. Oh, absolutely. I, it was disappointing. Yes. I yeah, agree with that. Part. I will come down in the middle. I will come down in the middle. Um, I think if half the ep if it was only half the episode right i think they spent too long on it because it didn't go anywhere at the end right um you know if it was a story that absolutely linked to the larger story which it, it may but i don't know how they're gonna do it you know what i mean i'm not saying it's gonna do it but i'm saying i don't know that would be the only thing that makes sense but to spend an entire almost an entire episode um just to get us to a dead end that made what i watched too long if it was right, if it was half the episode or a little bit less, I think I would have been more forgiving. And you guys know that I was just out of this world happy with Andor. So, so Olivia, I'm with you that I didn't mind the kind of side story and I thought it was kind of interesting, but I only thought it was interesting to the point where I found out, okay, we're not doing anything with anything that's interesting. right, exactly, exactly, you know, exactly. And that, so, that's about where, where I got annoyed as yeah, well because so, I, when I had called you about it, I hadn't gotten to that part. Where right. it didn't go anywhere, right? And but I was like, like, "Oh, this is pretty good." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But with it's... like, but with like Tom, though, I'm with him. You know, with the with the things that he said, and uh, for me, uh, it did. It's really like an episode that in the middle of a season. It only made sense. It only makes sense if um, you know they link it, and I'm hoping somehow they can come back around to it. Um, well, one, I actually like that actress playing the villain. I like her, so I do want her to come back. Right. And I, she might, they might be able to do that. You know what I mean? But yeah, so I, I didn't think it was a great episode, uh, but I liked aspects of it, but I thought it was too flawed to be, to go get behind. It's sloppy right, well, storytelling. That's, that's my problem. You know? Yeah. Uh, nobody's going to argue with you on that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, but this, oh, wait, before we move on, let's actually talk about the Mando bits, which oh. is he got redeemed. And oh, he yeah. proved he he bathed in the waters, and also it looks like uh, Bo-Katan is trying to figure out how to betray him, and get the uh, saber back from him in some kind of way, or <laughs> use the fact that she found that creature at the bottom of the lake. No, the, the uh, I, I read I read an interview ahead. with Katie Sackhoff saying well, the fact that I will she... don't tell. No, I don't want to know that. I'm going based on the show. I don't want to interview okay, stuff. No, whatever. No. But the mythosaur, that was kind of cool. The symbol of Mandalore. Yes, that was cool. But she's obviously, I mean, I don't think she'd betray him like kill him because she went way out of her way to save his life twice. So I don't think she's actually has any ill will for him specifically. But I do think she wants that power. And she's well, trying I to figure out to, how to turn this she around. she wants to be ruler of Mandalore again. I mean, I think she's a strategic thing. Oh, Absolutely. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So she's thinking that. I don't know what that means, but she's obviously, she's coming up with a plan. All right. That's all I got to say about that. Let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk Superman and Lois. 
and the most ridiculous recast, not the show's fault, uh, that we don't acknowledge. Uh, at least they. At least it's a clean oh, dude, break. There like have, between there the have seasons. been more ridiculous recasts, like Lois and Clark. Oh, I know. I I, <laughs> I, I was like, it wasn't because it's at the beginning of a season, and they they have him say some line that I was just like, oh, it's terrible. Uh, I have to say, I'm not. So he hasn't won me over yet. The actor, he actor? feels very bland. He didn't give. Oh, yeah, dude, he feels very bland. C- it is still a CW show. Cute white people. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like he seems super bland, and they, they. To be fair, he had nothing to do other than get his driver's license. Like that was the <laughs> that was his whole arc for the episode, so that wasn't super spectacular. Um, I, I did he, like. I think uh, he looks more like everybody else in the family. Yes, he does. Um, but that uh, I feel like he got cast because he looks like them, not because he's yep. a good actor. Well, so EW um, show. Did they say more? <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, but I did like that Jordan, uh, tried to save some people and failed horribly at it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Um, I don't know. I care about his, his teenage crush on what's her name. I don't care well, about that particularly. Girlfriend Sarah. Yeah. Just like she said, leave me alone. He should be like, okay. And move on. It's not hanging out with her and buying her presents. That's just weird. So I was not a fan of that, but, oh, the the pregnancy scare was interesting, but they got way too into it to then it'd be at the end of like, oh, it's totally not that. You're probably sick. You need to come in. I was like, oh, that was an interesting. Like, I don't know if I knew that was where that was going, I had but I'm not no particularly idea. surprised. I just thought they were going to say, yeah. oh, you're not pregnant. It's like, um, I thought a couple things I thought were interesting. One, the new, the new, you know, the, the, the fling between Chrissy and Kyle, that was unexpected. <laughs> Is that it? Was it was somewhat, but I don't know if I care. Oh, you're so. so I don't really like. I, well, like I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I don't like you. him at all. Well, I like and the so actor. I'm just I, tired so, I, of the character being Johnny One Note. It's like I went back with you. It's like, dude, she's right to leave you because you got issues. Well, um, and then the the thing is when they set up them getting together. She was like, oh, I'm sad and lonely. You see this predatory look in his face. He's like, oh, I can bang her now. Like, what? <laughs> like, that did not make me like him at all. Um, so all of that was just, nah, I don't care about that at all. I, but I, I, what I did care was the grandfather. I, I thought the grandfather storyline was good. That was well, good. I thought that I thought that was really interesting because they haven't done they they haven't done a lot of this, you know, the pairing of different characters together, but basically having him using the fact that he looks like her her grandpa from from the from the other earth and he took advantage of that which was a crappy thing to do right then he gets called out and then realizes that was you know it's interesting because dylan walsh when he was younger i mean he was in nip tuck all those years and had some other great you know young leading man roles but it's interesting that they gave him something interesting to do interesting to play and the actor who plays Natalia is so good. It's always interesting right. when they use her well. But um, what's also fascinating is the fact that we're dealing in, you know, finding out more about this Earth's John Henry Irons and the fact that right. Chad makes his introduction as Bruno Mannheim. And the thing I love about Chad is he's always actor, a he's average. He's always a thug. He's always well, ahead no, of no, some he's not always, like, because. 
on you know on the on the Walking Dead, he was you know Tyrese, and then on, true, he was uh, cool as Tyrese. He was a good guy as Tyrese. That's true. Ty- but the thing about this interesting about Chad is he can play good, but when he plays bad, he's scary. <laughs> and you know he's well, that's very play. true. He, you know he's up yes, to no and good. And you know he's Manheim. <laughs> yes, the, absolutely. So Manheim all of that was great. They introduced technology. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they use him. But yeah, that was a nice little tease, especially playing with the idea that whatever this earth John Henry Irons was into, it was not good because his sister says. And he was obviously not. Yeah, he's not a good person. Like they were like after the war, he became a bad person. So So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, that's good. And it was Um, fun for Superman Lois to have a super quickie. (laughs) (laughs) That was cute. It was cute. They were they're They're an adorable couple. I'd buy them as a couple. I really do. Yeah. So we're going to say thumbs up for that. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of The Last of Us. And now that we've seen this episode, all of you guys can go and play Last of Us Part (laughs) 2. So find out what happens next. But um, yeah, this episode was basically um, the open was really good because it showed that uh, Ellie was really scarred by what happened in last week's episode. She chopped that dude's face up. And so now she's like trauma. Yeah, she's like traumatized now. And she's got all these emotions. She doesn't know what to deal with. And so they it's actually like a reverse of the beginning of the season where she's not speaking at all. And and uh, Joel is Joel. a chatterbox, which is so bizarre. I was like, why is he talking so much? What's wrong with him? And so you realize he's uncomfortable, and he's trying to make her laugh. He's he's basically doing dad jokes. He's doing anything he can think of to try to cheer her up. And he's like, oh, remember when we were happy and we did this? Remember when we did that? And she's just like nothing. She's giving him nothing. But the the scene with the giraffe was so sweet. And just the look on his face of just adoration, watching her smile, like, I was Mm -hmm. like, this dude's gone. I was like, he's gone. Uh, Just, you know, all of that. And then they have the conversation where she's like, yeah, I like he admits he tried to kill himself. And she's like, oh, I get the message. Uh, Time heals all wounds. And he's like, time is not what healed me. And then they had that dude. I was almost crying. I was like, oh, my God, that's so sweet. I was definitely crying. The, the thing about this show and the thing about this cast is the, Pedro Pascal has has chemistry with just about anybody he's paired with on TV. And the fact that he's paired with this young woman, Bella Ramsey, who's amazing, they can say so much without opening their mouths. And you buy right. this bond between these two people who are, sa- in a essence, saving each other. But man, I can't believe that this season is only nine episodes long because what an emotional journey they've taken us all on. Wow. And this show better get a whole bunch of Emmy noms and wins. Oh, it will. It will. What they've pulled off with saying that giraffe scene, by the way, those were real giraffes, not CGI giraffes. Oh, (laughs) I said they were CGI. Nope, they're real. That's cool. But it. what what the, what they've pulled off on this season is remarkable, just in terms of the story they're telling. The cat. I mean, I can't really think of really that many weak links in it. It just 
you know, and almost every episode seems to top the sub the previous episode emotionally in terms yeah. of yeah. But, but I, because it's like you're on an emotional journey with them, and as the blocks, you, they're just building blocks between them, and it just becomes more and more real between the two of them. It's and so, so you're you're along, yeah. Yeah, it's go ahead, so, you said, go ahead. It's so authentic, you know. Uh, nothing is treacly. Nothing is, you know, uh, you know, like manipulative. You know what I mean? The fact that it was so visceral, her escape. Uh, from her captor, you know, the crazy preacher cannibalist, which, uh, you know, again, we how many times have we seen that in post-apocalyptic, you know, whatever, but it was still very effective, is incredibly creepy. They focused more on her, I think, you know, and, uh, and her, like you said, it, it's so realistic that she finally breaks down because that girl is tough, but there is no way you can go through everything that she went through. So even that was very organic, how she broke down, how we saw it, um, how she acted it. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I want to say this, maybe I'm just imagining this. I told you this, Libya, but there was that scene. I'm bringing it up because Tom reminded me that scene with the giraffe was beautiful, right? It was mm -hmm. kind of hopeful and it also kind of gave you a breath emotionally. It was just taking a great thing. It's sort of like when someone says, breathe, okay? I know you're crying. I know you're really upset. Just take a deep breath, you know? And I just felt that moment so uh, purely, you know, it gave me a chance to catch my breath and it was nice to see them have that moment. So I was watching both as a viewer and just sort of viscerally experiencing it. Um, but that scene was so well done. And I swear to you, and I want to re I, I rewound it when they're leaving that scene and they're going off camera, that scene was so beautifully done. And especially by Bella. And I thought I caught the tiniest little smile from him uh, and maybe that was scripted but like the tiniest went and for me it was sort of like him being like yeah she was amazing in this scene like you know like wow like I, it was almost like pride and I mean it was kind of nuts so clearly this show is giving like Tom said it's you know it's everything there's there's really no kind of weakness to me I think we mentioned off podcast um, about oh no I guess maybe it was during the the news um, I am very much enjoying that there aren't that many uh, Walker uh, sorry Walkers there you go clickers, clickers. they're clickers. called clickers yeah clickers um, I don't need them to for it, we understand how scary they are and we understand what kind of world they live in I don't I don't really need to see them I'm okay if they show them to me and when they do they do a really nice job except for the big guy that was terrible. Um, so if you want to talk about the tiniest little hole, um, but for me, the show, absolutely, Tom, I'll steal your line. I'll emphasize it. It's just their emotional, emotional journey of both of them and how they heal each other. So yes, um, you know, other shows, mostly post post-apocalyptic shows, all of them, including, uh, uh, walking dead, you know, they focus on the humanity aspect of it, the good, the bad, you know, and this show's doing that as well. But what at the core of it though, it is truly about the journey of two Two people healing each other you know what i mean and so for me uh i will say this that's why the end is so powerful because but, it ends but let's let's before, before we get to the end oh, sure. i want to i want to talk real quick about marlene and how she miscalculated like she oh my knows god i Joel. forgot about this whole part sorry yeah keep going back <laughs> so what's what's cool is like Marlene has known Joel for years and she's known Joel as just this cold, 
uh, like mercenary. You pay mm-hmm. him to do a job and tell him to go kill whatever, and he gets the job done. That's what he does. So when they get there and, and he wakes up and she's like, oh, yeah, we took her to surgery. It'll be fine. She's not painless. And she assumes that he mildly cares about her, but she has no concept of where he is emotionally uh, with with Ellie. Like, she doesn't get it. And then she tries to be like, oh, I get it. I was there when she was born. I was like, yeah, you were there when she was born. You handed her off to somebody else. I was like, you don't get it. You're, you haven't been part of her life. And he's been with her for a full year. The season one was one full year. And uh, so his emotional constant, you know, like where he is with Ellie is a very different place. And she totally miscalculated, which led to the destruction and murder of everybody in that hospital. (laughs) Yes. Wow. Let me tell you that it was operatic. Like it was so well done. And I think I read an article, something about how they made took special attention to the score and it, it was noticeable to me. I think you guys have known over the years. I the score is actually from the game, by yes, the way. No, no. I mean, yeah, I read that. I read that, but that it was an important part that they wanted to right. make sure that they preserved. And, um, you know, again, as a, somebody who hasn't watched the game, you know, uh, never even heard of it. Um, the way that it was shot in that first person, you know, um, and it was relentless and he was obviously in some sort of a fugue state, um, you know, because it's so brutal and you don't want your main character. You don't want to lose empathy or sympathy for both for um, for your main character. You know, I mean, it would still you would understand why you understand why he did it and, you know, whatever. But how he did it, you know, and how relentless it was and how. But listen, I complain about this all the time. When you're going to kill someone, don't talk to them. Don't, you know, whatever. Just bam, you're done. Bam, you're done. Like that to me seems the most real and the most logical. And shows and movies really don't do that realistically. And it makes no sense to me. So he was on a mission. He had no sympathy. Like I said, it was a part of it was because he was clearly in some sort of a autopilot fugue state. But I, yeah, you know, that fugue state for me was so earned and, you know, by what happened in the, you know what I mean? So it wasn't just a stylistic choice. It wasn't just a like, oh, let's turn this into, you know, an homage to the first person aspect of the game. It felt very organic to what I had been watching. Um, And the fact that he, even with Marlena, you know, when they, when she caught him in the, in the garage and, you know, they talked a little bit, they didn't talk a lot, you know, and he basically let her talk so that he could like position the gun, you know, underneath mm-hmm. Bella's body. You know what I mean? So even that was like, he's like, yeah, I'm not really having this conversation with you. I'm just figuring out how I can kill you and get out of this situation. And you could see it. You could see it in his eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was looking around yeah. for an exit. He was, yeah. he was trying to, he was calculating. Yeah. How do I get away from her? All yeah. of that was so well done and realistic. And, and, you know, for me, uh, and I'll let someone else talk before I, I want to say what I want about the end. Uh, I think all of it was um, uh, operatic in, in the sense that that part was, but then the other part that wasn't was so equally as kind of gripping, you know? And so, again, to but, but combine I, I, those two is amazing. I want to talk about real quick the fact that this game's been out for 10 years. Mm. And in the time that the game has been out, the fans have been arguing because you have no choice but to play Joel in the game when he does this. And a lot of the players disagreed with Joel because they were like, when, when I say a lot, I say some. Disagreed with Joel and <laughs> that they wanted ones. to, yeah, they wanted to be able to have the choice 
to save the world and let Bella or not Bella, uh, Ellie die. Right. And so they were really upset. They were like, they, this game made Joel into a villain. And so that has been a huge discussion. And what the showrunner talked about was that when they were doing the beta test, he said the numbers were like this. If the players had children, a hundred percent of them agreed with Joel. Wow. If the players did not have children, oh, wow. he said it was a fifty he said it was fifty fifty. Fast. Like fifty percent thought Joel was wrong, fifty percent thought Joel was right. They but if they had children, children, it was a hundred percent. Well here how about this? Uh, how about this? I do not have children, right? But the show d- it did such a good job building their relationship and and making me understand how important they are to each other that I actually, um, even though, like I told you, uh, Libya off podcast, that I feel like sacrifice the one for so many. My point is, I, I even though I don't know that I would have made that choice necessarily, I'm 100% on the fence, meaning... I could so see why he would do it, and I don't fault him for it. Would I have done that? Probably not, but I don't hold it against him. So um, so that is the magic of the show. That's the power of the show, and I don't have kids. So, um, yeah, so I think that it doesn't matter if you do a good enough job. It shouldn't fall down those lines. So, you know. But no, I'm just saying that was, that's been a discussion for the last 10 no, years. I agree. Whether or not I think it's a right. very interesting, you know, fascinating discussion. And I, I since I, I just want to finish up by saying that I, um, we were talking about this emotional journey and the, why I was saying that like, I can understand why he made that choice, uh, you know, and almost support it. Um, if I'm really going to go there, but for me, that is why, that is why the ending uh, is so powerful to me because he has basically sold his soul to save her and she suspects that he's done it, but I think she doesn't want to believe it. So oh, she, she, she knows. Enough, she yes, totally yes, knows. No, that's, yeah. That's why I'm saying it's so powerful because she doesn't want to believe it. You know what I mean? She has put the pieces together. So for her, well, also like, his lie was terrible. It was, it it was, was terrible. Lie. I was like, dude, yeah. He's like, oh, so while the, during the time that you were unconscious, yeah, the Fireflies totally changed their opinion of what they were going to do. Yeah. And they were like, you know what? We can't find a cure. We just gave up. And also, we got attacked by a bunch of raiders, and then they all got killed. Yeah, so, like, like, why am I still story- dressed like this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, his entire story, was it was bad. It was a bad lie. And she's so and- smart. So you believe And she's that. so smart. She's so smart. So, yeah, so, so I just want to say this. So what an amazing setup for second season because we have spent this entire season watching them build a relationship and bond. And now the second season is going to be honestly about how it's falling apart. Like, you know, how she will eventually find out because all truths come out. Um, and so for me, right. it's going to be painful to watch. But what a, you know, contrast, because now we're going to watch the breakdown of this relationship that we spent an entire season investing in. And it's going to be really emotional, um, you know. And, and, and I, I like that she gave him a chance. Yes, she was like, yes, she's like, give me your word. She's like, everything you just said, which yep. we all know is a lie. Yep. You know, it's a bad lie. Yep. She's like, give me your word that everything you just said is true. And he pauses for just a microsecond, and he's like, "It's true." It's like it's it, that's what happened, and you can see it in her face that, she that knows she's he like, lied. she yeah. knows he lied. So he so broke amazing. her trust. So he amazing. broke her trust that's in that me. moment. I um, think this and, show is and I get why he did it because he's such a parent. So a parent would do that. 
So mm-hmm. anyway, go ahead, Tom. Your, your I talk. think this go show ahead. is going to be the gold standard for a video game adaptation because oh, nice point. It nice focuses point. on the relationships and the emotional journey of the characters, not just the game mechanics. When the game mechanics are important to serve the story they want to tell, fine, they'll integrate them. But unlike a lot of other video game adaptations, which just take the idea and then do something completely different. I mean, because the fact that you paired an amazing... Are you looking looking at Halo right now? Is that what you're saying? I did not mention names. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a little like what you're talking about. I was not casting shade. But but pairing the video game creator with an Emmy Award-winning writer-producer was the right move. Oh, absolutely. And man... And, and the thing is, I got Last of Us 1, you know, as a digital download with my PS4 and never, I, I'm, I'm just not a big gamer. I buy my PS, my PlayStation machines for the Blu-ray and 4K Blu-ray. But man, this makes me want to go back and see, you know. <laughs> well, I will, I will say this, because I have played The Last of Us, uh, the first game is actually hard and it doesn't have a difficulty level. So I've talked to a lot of people who just get stuck. You, and then when you get, you just die over and over and over again. And I got frustrated and I, I got about halfway through the game and then I quit playing because I couldn't get past it. And there's no, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing, no control you can turn or switch to allow you to keep going with it. Cause I wanted the story. The story was great, but I couldn't beat the, the clickers. And I was like, I just got super frustrated. The reason that I'm going to buy the last of us part two now, because I've always wanted to play the game. But I never finished the first game. So I was like, what's the point? But now that I know the story, I feel like I can play the first, the second game. And in the second game, they fixed a lot of the problems with the first game, which is they now have difficulty levels. They now have uh. accessibility stuff. So that if you, you're playing and you get stuck, you can literally change it to be like, make the clickers just not see me. <laughs> so you can I'm just kind of walk through. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do stuff like that if you get stuck you can you can navigate through it so that you can keep going with the story and that's really was my issue and i think they actually do have difficulty levels as well you can play hard medium beginner story and all of that and that is important because some people want to play the game for the story and some people want to play the game to fight and so i want the story so i will 100 percent be playing the last of us part two on story mode so that the clickers are super easy to kill and I just get the story. So that's, uh, so I am going to buy the second game when I get on break. That's what I'm playing. Cool. Anyway, so yay, thumbs up. I think we're all saying thumbs up for oh, yeah. this season, especially this last episode. It's fantastic. And they're going to win all the Emmys. They better. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you guys have I can start a two person picket line. <laughs> why are we picketing why are if we picketing? they don't get emmy awards if, if oh last of us well shrinking might not but last of us is 100 percent. like i have no doubt anyway let's let's move on so if you guys have any questions or comments you can leave them at tvvampiregmail.com follow us on twitter or on facebook you can listen to us on sci-fi.radio six degrees of geek and itunes and we'll talk to you guys next time Bye-bye. bye bye bye